Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 19 of Genesis chapter 8. And we're going to be reading verse 12. And he stayed yet other seven days, and sent forth the dove, which returned not again unto him any more. And this is Noah who stayed, Noah who waited another seven-day period before sending the dove once more out the window of the ark and into the new world, into the world that was forming, taking shape. And so Noah waited, and we saw that the word stayed, the Hebrew word translated as stayed is 3176, a word often translated as hope. He hoped, yet other seven days. And it's a very appropriate word for the people of God at this time who have been hidden, hidden in Christ, hidden in secret chambers. We are, uh, to use the figure of this chapter, in the ark that is the Lord Jesus Christ, and the atoning work of Christ has protected us, it has delivered us from the judgment that has destroyed the rest of mankind. And we see that the dove is mentioned the fifth time in Genesis chapter 8, and 5 points to atonement. And the fifth time is the last time it's mentioned here in this context. As the dove goes forth, it's sent forth, and it returned not again unto him anymore. And we wonder, well, if the dove represents the Holy Spirit, and if the dove um, the first time was sent out, yet could find no rest for the sole of her foot, Remember, we looked up the word soul, and when it's used in connection with the foot, it it related to the promised land. And we also saw in Ezekiel chapter 43, this verse, in verse 7, And he said unto me, Son of man, the place of my throne, and the place of the soles of my feet, where I will dwell in the midst of the children of Israel forever. In my holy name shall the house of Israel no more defile, neither they nor their kings by their whoredom, nor by the carcasses of their kings in their high places. And here God, in Ezekiel 43, is speaking of his eternal dwelling place, his eternal habitation, as he will dwell with his people, they will dwell with him in the new heaven and the new earth forevermore. That is the place 
where God will set the soles of his feet. That is what the dove, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is eternal God, was looking for the first time she went forth, but could find no place to set down because the water was still across the face of the earth. But then again, after waiting in pain or travail for seven days, Noah sent forth the dove a second time. She returned with an olive leaf plucked off, evidence of the promised land, evidence of the kingdom of God, the the eternal kingdom of God that God will create and and it will be an enduring kingdom. It will not be shaken. And the things that are shaken may be removed. This present world and universe will be shaken and removed forevermore, annihilated. It will cease to exist. That will not be so with the new heaven and new earth. It is a unshakable kingdom. It is an eternal home for God and for his people. And the dove representing the Holy Spirit came back to the ark with tangible evidence with the olive leaf that it was close at hand. And so Noah stayed, he waited, and hoped. He hoped in God, all on board the ark, hoped. You know, the Bible tells us concerning hope, in Romans chapter 8, it makes this statement in um, connection or tied to uh, looking for the resurrected body and, and the new earth that's to come. As the Lord speaks of the creation, it is uh, looking to be delivered from the bondage of corruption. That can only happen when it's recreated into a new earth. Well, it says in verse 22 of Romans 8, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. So we see we're waiting, and then it says in verse 24, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. And we can see how hope and waiting go hand in hand. You, you, they're, they're very closely related. And this Hebrew word stayed is translated uh, as waited as well as hoped. And, and waiting, hoping for the change to come, the transformation, the deliverance of the creature or the creation the uh, completion of the salvation of the souls on board the ark or of God's elect 
looking for that new resurrected body, looking for and hoping. We read in Second Peter, in chapter 3, concerning the day of the Lord will come as a thief in a night, it says in verse 10, then in verse 11, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. And see, that's why God's people are so interested in the end of the world. It's not the end of the world for us. It's not the the finale. It's not the conclusion for everything for us. No, that's the people of the world. That That's the natural-minded person. It is the unsaved individual. This life, this world, is their inheritance. It's a temporal thing, but it's all they have. And, and so they concentrate on it, focus on it, are fearful of losing it, do not want to think of what lies beyond it, and it's all a result of not being saved. But God's people have been blessed with salvation. They have been given eternal life. They have been given uh, blessed promises of living forevermore in a new creation uh, that will be their home, their possession. It's the promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob concerning the land. You will dwell forever in the land. And and so when God's people, the elect, look for the coming of Christ, the end of the world, the final judgment, the, the destruction of all things, which is the worst possible thing the world can imagine or think about and the last thing they want to consider, well, it's not that way for the Lord's true people. It's not that way because... The one, the end, leads to the beginning. It is the entry into the glorious future that awaits each one that God has granted mercy and bestowed his grace upon. Our life is hidden with God in Christ and really, in in some ways, our life in its fullness does not begin until this world concludes, until this world is over, then we experience the completion of salvation. We receive new resurrected bodies and, and the old man is gone forever. The, our, our members that are still sinful are removed from us. It, it is, uh, the resurrection of the body to go along with the resurrection of our soul, and then the world is cleansed. The world is renewed. It's a new creation. 
all is made new. And there we will be with God, focused on just just unimaginable things to us now. To be conscious and, and aware and and to be in God's presence, to know Him is eternal life. And, and so, of course, we look forward to the end of the world. And, and you can see, you can see why the child of God is open and can be objective concerning the scriptures. When the Bible brings forth information, that relates to the end of the world. We're not afraid of it. We don't run from it. It's uh, potentially very good news for us. And, and so we honestly look at it. Not so for Jerusalem below, for earthly Jerusalem, for the corporate church, for the tares, the professed Christians, the unsaved that have taken the name of Christ upon them. And they have his name, but really, they want the world because they're worldlings, they're natural-minded, there's been no change in their heart, and yet they've accepted or, or taken Christ to themselves. And so they, they want that security and that insurance of uh, just in case they, they have a heart attack and, and they die or, or slip and fall and break their neck, they have that security of being a Christian. But they're not really interested in what being a Christian means. They're not interested in God fulfilling his promises of Christ's return, of this world actually ending and the world to come. Because deep down in their heart, they're not born again. And, and so it is not something that they truly desire. There is no love for the truth. They prefer the lie. And just as the Jews gave lip service to wanting the Messiah to come, if you would have asked them, oh yes, we long for the Messiah. And yet they had a religion, a business, uh, in operation that they did not want to be disturbed they they just wanted the the expectation of a coming messiah they they just always wanted to live in anticipation of a coming messiah but once he actually came and the bible records this then herod and all jerusalem with him were troubled they they weren't happy. They weren't rejoicing. They weren't um, thanking God because the Messiah had finally come. But they were troubled because, well, the, this just disrupts things. It disrupts our orderly religion. It disrupts our, our, our normal routine. And, and it's the same with the Christian church, the professed Christian church, the churches and congregations of the world, when they heard Christ is coming, Judgment Day, May 21, 2011, they refused it and rejected it, and and they wanted nothing to do with it. They quickly pulled out uh, a verse 
no man knows and and basically stuck their fingers in their ear so they wouldn't have to hear about it. They did not want their normal routine, normal operation, normal religious business to be disturbed at all. Let's just continue. Just want to continue going about their religious business in anticipation of a coming Christ. Looking forward off into the yonder uh, about a thousand years in, in some cases, Christ will come. Oh yes, oh, and he may come today. Just lip service, just mouthing words. They praise God, but their hearts are far from him. They have no real desire for Christ to come and fulfill the things that the Bible says must be fulfilled because they're afraid of it. They're afraid. They they want the world, really, and they just want that insurance of being a Christian backing up in case something goes wrong in their daily lives. Well, that's not how it is for the true believers. True believers hope. They hope and wait upon the Lord. And God has brought us through the church age. Well, first of all, he brought us through the days of Israel. Then he brought us through the church age. And then he brought us through the great tribulation. And now he's brought us well into judgment day. And the Bible has given us abundant evidence, biblical evidence, spiritual evidence, evidence you cannot see with physical eyes. Well, some evidence in the world supports the biblical or spiritual evidence. Yes, that's true, like Israel being a nation again, or the Bible speaks of an apostasy that must first come. There must be a falling away first before Christ comes. We see that in the church. The Bible speaks of increased wickedness in an unparalleled manner. According to Romans 1, we see that in the world. But first of all, we have the biblical evidence, the spiritual evidence before us, and then the biblical calendar of history locks in a timeline in the midst of all these other things of Israel being a nation, an apostate church, um, a, a world where men marry men and women marry women, and you better think it's a, a good and wonderful thing, or there's something wrong with you. So we we have all that supporting indicators that that the biblical calendar of history locks in a great tribulation in the midst of these things going on and declares judgment day at a certain point and are we not sure are we not confident yes we're sure yes we're confident we trust by god's grace in his word we can see we are at the time of the end of the world it's unmistakable these things uh, have never happened in previous time, in past centuries, the Lord opening up the electronic medium and permitting technology to advance 
in the way he did to the degree that it has where there can be internet and, and satellite broadcasting and radio and you can blanket the earth as family radio was able to do in the days, the last days of salvation leading up to judgment day. And we can see how God worked and, and permitted man to develop and increase knowledge in this area in order that his gospel could have been proclaimed to all the people in the world so that the elect that are scattered amongst the nations could hear and become saved. And again, a fulfillment of a verse that that tells us in Matthew 24, In this gospel the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Another fulfillment. Never before in history was it possible for the end of the church to occur, for there be that falling away first. Just imagine if it was the 19th century and and the falling away came and God's people go outside the church and, and now they have the duty of a watchman to reach the world but they're only a remnant, and how how are they going to even get to the nations of the world? Even travel was limited back then. You, you had to travel many months by ship to go from one place to another. No, it can only be possible for the gospel of the kingdom to be preached in all the world while simultaneously there's a falling away of the churches, so it's not happening within the churches, but outside, with a remnant, it's only possible in our day, in our time. There's no question that the circumstances of our present time match the language of the Bible, the language that Christ spoke over uh, around 2,000 years ago and has been just sitting there uh, um, on the pages of the scriptures as century after century passed and man was in horse and buggy century after century, the 6th century, the 7th, the 10th century, the 13th century, the, the time of the Reformation, man still traveling around in horse and buggy and, and sailing the seas by ship, uh, there's no airplanes, there's no faster mode of travel, and and then we get to our time. We get to the time of the end, and the scriptures are unsealed, the, the church falls away, Israel suddenly becomes a nation after almost 2,000 years of being scattered, and and look at the the speed of the way iniquity has just taken over the earth. Uh, anyone who is maybe 50 or 60 or 70 years old knows, maybe even 40. You, you can remember, you can think back to a time when, yes, there was evil and yes, there was sin, but nothing like today. It is a completely different world. 
and not for the better in any in any way it's it's a completely different evil world it, it's a world given over to evil in a in a spectacular way in a way that cannot be missed and you know all these things are vexing and troubling and grievous for the child of god but they also serve to prove the word of god to help us realize we we should be assured by the biblical information that locks in a timeline through this chaotic mess it appears to be but it's not it's just god permitting these things to uh, develop in order that his word come to fruition and again the timeline falls into place so uh, really when we think of this and we think that may 21 2011 has locked in and cannot be loosed no matter how much you try, no matter how much you would like to try. And and there's been some times I've gone back and, yes, I want there to be salvation. Or I have wanted that and desired that and, and continuing salvation I, I for very, um, uh, I, I guess, selfish reasons. And personal reasons, and I've gone back and thought, well, we've missed something, we were wrong, let's see if there's another way, to see if there's some possibility, and no, no matter how you look at it, it all keeps coming around to the same conclusion, judgment day, judgment day. And now, in addition to that locking in, we're finding biblical support for a spiritual judgment much biblical support we're finding confirmation for why god would do such a thing in order to try the elect in order for them to make an appearance before his judgment seat to partake in the suffering of christ to follow or be conformed to the image of christ in his suffering and death so that they are situated for the resurrection. And it is just scriptural support upon scriptural support, strengthening these things, strengthening the conclusion. It It is not going back. It's not going the other way. And when we find some people who have gone back and gone another way, we do not find that they are prospering spiritually, that, that now, oh, they're, they're so much more in the word. Are they? No. Just take a look if you happen to be on Facebook. And when you find people that have gone back, well, right now, they're busy posting about politics, or they're busy posting about, uh, this social issue, or that social issue. You rarely hear them discussing the Bible, rarely do you find them digging into the Bible to try and understand the Word of God. There's no um, no sign, not, not the slightest bit from anyone that I can see, that I'm aware of, and I, I know a good number of people over the years, that has gone in that way 
that you could say, well, it's been a blessing and an improvement, and now they're on the right track. Not one person, not a single one. Yet, I think we have to say, it's not as though we were privileged in the sense that we're somebody. We, I don't know anything of myself. None of us know anything of ourselves. We just simply had nowhere to go. Thou hast the words of eternal life. Where can we go? So we remain, and we waited, and we hoped, and God is opening up more and more to strengthen, to confirm, to encourage, to give us hope, to continue to wait. Because very shortly, the water will be dried up and we will come out of the ark. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.